Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown. I am your host on the Orchid Bloom's podcast. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Orchid Eye Brown. I missed a podcast episode last week because I decided to start a painting project with my home. When I originally got my home, it was like an off beige, almost yellowish kind of color. And it started to depress me over the, the past few years. Every time I wake up in the morning, I look at my walls and I'm like, ugh. So this, this painting project that I had started is something that I was considering for about four years now. And I decided that this fall I was going to do it because I keep making the excuse, especially to friends and family, that, you know, I don't really want them over because my apartment just feels so gloomy. And when I walk in, I feel kind of depressed. All because the color of the walls were just were just nasty to me. A lot of people don't mind the color. But for me, I if I'm going to have white walls, I want white walls. I don't want an off beige, off yellowish looking kind of walls. It's it's not my thing. Or if I'm going to have yellow, it has to be strictly yellow. So I started the painting project and you don't understand how excited I was. But it turns out it's a lot of work. I've never painted an entire home before. So it took up a lot of time between working and as well as painting and trying to get some sleep at the same time and then trying to write my podcast episodes and be here for you guys on a weekly basis. I was even talking to a friend um, last week saying, oh, um, that I wanted to at least publish two podcast episodes a week. But every single week seems to have projects that I wanted to start for a while back and I just never did. And so I was like, you know what, if I don't do it now, I will never do it. So it's just time. Christmas is coming and Christmas time is usually my favorite time of the year. And I really want my home to be happy and I want my Christmas tree to pop and my my Christmas decorations to just look fantastic. So I decided that, you know, I'm not going to prolong this any longer as much as I would love to publish about two podcast episodes a week. It's just not possible. I have so many topics to share and it's crazy. So maybe next year I'll do two episodes uh, per week and then in the summertime, you know, two episodes per month so I can have my summer. But for now, because these are things that help me stay positive and these are things that help my mental health and keep me in a state of of good nature uh, for a long period of time, I might as well just focus on those things. So I'm super excited to finish this project and I cannot wait. I mean, I just finished my closet. I, I painted my closet. It's frosted white. And I put my clothes back in there yesterday and I swear to God, once I put the clothes back in there, you, I was like, damn, like half of these clothes need to be thrown out because they're super old. And I'm one of those people that like to hold on to things that I like. But when they're finished, it takes me a while to realize that they're finished. So having the brand new white frosted uh, paint in my closet and putting the clothes in the closet made me realize that I really need to start prioritizing buying better clothes. 
the issue is some of the places that you know you go online and you look at their clothes it looks so good on the website and then you go into the store just to kind of see what the clothing is is like and the material and if you're getting the best quality and realize that it's so cheap looking and it feels cheap looking and i'm just so over that so it's going to be um a very um it's going to be a very special uh, end of this year. And hopefully I can accomplish three goals that I wanted to financially uh, that has nothing to do with my home improvement. But for now, I'm going to focus on the home improvement. And I am so glad that the colors are amazing. And I mean, it's white. So it shouldn't be really amazing. But the frosted white, in my home i wake up in the morning and i look at the wall that i did and it just puts a huge smile on my face because it's so clean and happy and positive and i thought damn i should have done this years ago i would have gotten myself out of my mini depression during covid and you know i would have definitely gotten myself uh, thinking positively more often because if you're waking up to something that just exude positivity in your life and you see it, it just puts a smile on your face. It doesn't have to be a person, it could be a thing. And if I had had that for these past few years, I think anything would have been possible. I would not have delayed or procrastinated with some of the projects that I have listed. Um, I would have gotten them done. I really would have. And so now that I'm doing it, I'm just so happy. And I wish I had just, you know, taken some time off to get it done. That way I would have been able to be consistent with the podcast episode. But at the same time, I wanted to do it in sections because if I do it too fast, I'll make mistakes and I don't really want to do that. I want to be able to do it properly. And then, you know, the next day wake up, see it. And if there's anything that's off about it or if it looks like it needs a, a second coat of paint, which I do two coats of paint, but if there's sections that I clearly might have missed because I do it at night after work, um, then I could just go over it and keep it consistent through every wall going through my home. So that's kind of what I was I was thinking about. And so, so far, it's working out just fine. Like the bathroom is almost finished. Every time I walk into my bathroom, I'm like, hello. And then, you know, I go into my bedroom. I open my closet, even though I don't feel like wearing any of my clothes now because it just looks like, okay, you are done. Um, and I cannot wait to do my kitchen, my dining room, and my my living room. My living room, whoo, I cannot wait. I was even talking to my friend Erica who um, loves interior designs and I, I took a picture of a shelf and I sent it to her and I asked her, you know, should I paint this shelf hunter green or should I do camel? And she's like, camel. And I was actually hoping she'd say hunter green, but I'm thinking about it. I'm just going to sit on it for another week to decide because I will have to clean off that shelf and paint it and let it dry while I do the rest of the walls. And once it's finished drying, I'm going to figure out where I'm going to put it. Plus I also have like a floor mirror and I love floor mirrors because it's like you put on your entire outfit, including the shoes and your makeup's done and you send that mirror, you get to see the whole outfit um, for what it truly is. So I need to find a place for that as well. So that's really what's happening and i'm super excited about you know doing this 
this paint job that I've always wanted to do with my home. And it makes me so excited because I cannot wait to improve the decor. You know, I think I want to put more blues and whites and silvers in my bedroom. And I was thinking about my living room area being more gold and like a, a very vibrant, passionate colors. So there's a lot for me to to consider and i'm super excited about this project like super 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 excited so i'm i'm just sharing that with you right now to explain the delay in this podcast episode i am hoping to launch two podcast episodes this week to make up for last week in between working and as well as my painting project i'm going to take a break for a minute so that i can you know really reassess how i want my decor to look and then go from there so i might post up um, some of the painting projects that i do on the instagram page on the ambitious obsession network page which is at the ambitious net but give me some time i think i took one video and it's of the closet uh, so i might post that but I'm not really sure yet how I'm gonna go about it but either way I will consider what I will post and what I won't post Uh, for now we'll go from there so let's get into the topic of conversation which today's episode is on pity fuck or pity sex as the correct term the more politically correct term We have heard this term before and wondered, do people really actually do this? They, you know, there's such thing as a pity fuck. I shared a story in a previous podcast episode this year. If you have been keeping up with my podcast episodes, you know which one. (laughs) So I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to listen to all of them. I shared the story of the girl who would pity fuck dudes she didn't like to help them stop liking her. I'm telling you, people are strange. I would have never thought to have sex with someone who was completely into me. And keep in mind, the basis of the story is that she would meet these guys, she would be friendly with them, and all of a sudden, after five minutes, they're totally in love with her, they want to be with her, they're the perfect girl for her, and she's like, oh, I'm not really there with you, and they'll keep harassing her, you know, social media pages, and finally, she'll be like, you know what, let me just fuck him and get rid of him, and so I I don't know if I would consider that pity fuck, but in her case, she's doing it to get the guy to get over her. And I, like I said, I've never heard of this before. I feel like distance will help them get over you if that's the case. And if they're not getting it, then too bad. But still, I thought that part, when she when she said that, I, I couldn't believe it. Girl, I'm telling you, he, she's not my friend. I met her like maybe once or twice. And, you know, the fact that she was telling me um, in regards to a guy that I met at a, a house party and he, we spoke for five minutes and I avoided him the rest of the night because creeping me the hell out. And the next day she was like, oh, are you planning on, you know, having sex with the student? I said, why would I do that? I'm not even interested in him. And she goes, well, if you're not interested in him, and you want to get rid of him, just have sex with him and he'll go away. And I was like, what? I could not believe it. Could not believe it. I was like, there's no way in hell I would sleep with a dude just to get rid of him. I just block him altogether and move on with my life. (laughs) How many times does a girl have to say she's not interested before you get it? Hello. But um, the fact that this is what she does, I was like, so you're, she's a beautiful girl. So if there's tons of dudes that are totally into her, I was like, you just go around fucking dudes just because. 
And that's a lot of dudes. So it came to a point where, you know, she starts just hiding out at home. She doesn't go out in public anymore. She doesn't go out to parties. She doesn't do anything. Because then she'll have to, what, fuck every dude that's interested in her at the party or at the club. And I guess she's just tired of it because it's not like she's getting anything from it. But still, it's just weird. Just weird. Anywho, what is pity fuck or pity sex? The Urban Dictionary describes it as any time a person chooses to have sexual intercourse with another person for the sole purpose of getting that person through an awkward or sad moment. Another definition that they dropped was when a man during a young relationship really wants sex but the girl does not. I kind of don't consider that pity sex. Because you hear these kind of stories in marriages, you hear these types of stories in long, like long relationships. Um, so I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily consider that to be a pity fuck. It's just a part of life. Even back in the day, there was a lot of women who, you know, take care of the kids, clean the home, and they're exhausted and their husband comes home from work and they feed them and then they want sex as well. And she doesn't really want to have sex because she's tired because she was doing everything um, all day, but it's, she know, she feels like it's her duty, but to me, that's not considered pity sex. So that definition, I wouldn't necessarily can put under the category of, of pity sex in my opinion. Um, and then there's the other definition that I have heard of most. Um, and that would be one person have sex with another person only because one of them feels sorry for the other. That makes a bit more sense because that's pity. You have pity for this person. You feel bad for this person. And you're like, oh my God, I might as well just just give you something. And, and hopefully this will boost you up and make you feel better about yourself or better about your life or better, you know, better outlook on the future. Um, because it's just sad watching you be this person. And in my mind, I was like, how are you supposed to actually enjoy the sex if you feel pity and sorry for the person that's on top of you? I don't get it. I just don't get it. But it works for some people. I have asked a few people I know if they have ever had pity sex or would consider doing it. All my female friends said no, they would not. And keep in mind, when I say female friends, these are people that I have the utmost respect for. These are people that I know who are all about working towards their career. They are securing their bags. They are living their balanced lifestyle. And they're just not interested in being in any dramatic or toxic relationship or relationships that don't serve them. And so asking them that question, they said no, they would never have or would never consider pity fucking anybody, not even a girl. So all the males I know say that they have never had pity sex. They've, they've never given pity sex, basically. Only a few said they would consider it under extreme circumstances. Now, what the hell does extreme circumstances mean? I asked, what would that be like, this extreme circumstance? They basically explained that the extreme circumstance would be they just got out of a relationship. They're referring to the female and have only had one sexual partner and want to experience someone else and they're newly single. The other extreme circumstance would be they are experiencing self-loathing and experiencing 
how or expressing not even experiencing expressing how they can't get laid yeah they would still maintain their standards and some would not be shallow about it uh, or you know base their decision to do it just solely on their looks which you know that kind of made me feel a little bit better because if these I don't I don't I can't recall an attractive woman begging to be pity fucked by somebody because she can't find anybody else so it's nice to know that these guys who would consider this in extreme circumstances are not necessarily being shallow they would understand and be there for this person in that form and not really based it on looks. So I believe I knew a guy back in the day and he was a star boy. If you don't know what I mean by star boy, you can listen to the previous podcast episode to understand what I mean by star boy. And um, what was it? So he would always attract girls no matter what they look like. They're tiny, big, small, muscular, gym whores, whatever it is. He would attract all of them. And he's the type of guy that would fuck all of them. But there's this one girl, super sweet, and she she had a pretty face, but she she wasn't skinny. And he's not necessarily interested in screwing girls that are in the plus size range. Um, but she's the kindest person I have ever met in my entire life. And she was completely there for him. She went out with him. They hung out together. She didn't realize that, you know, he was giving her that attention because he liked the attention he was getting from her. And so um, she got a hotel room and she invited him over just to kind of hang out. And while she was there, she propositioned him for sex. And he was just like, uh, I, you know, I thought we were just friends. And I mean, you've been hanging out with this girl for some time now and on a regular basis. So it seemed that you you might be interested. So in my mind, I was like, I don't understand where this is coming from. But in his mind, he was like, what the hell am I supposed to do to all of this? And he was telling me this to my face. And I was kind of confused because I met this girl and she is beautiful. She's a beautiful girl. She's not as big as Lizzo. But for some apparent reason, in his mind, she's like obese, like obese. And I could not believe it. But she is so kind and so sweet. And I think she just really wanted to have an attractive man, you know, be into her for once. Whereas, you know, she might only be surrounded by guys that are pitiful or guys that are not real men. I don't know how else to explain that. They don't behave like they're real men. They don't carry themselves like real men. They, they're looking for mommies. They want to suck on a tit. You know what I mean? So for, for her, it would have been nice for her to actually be able to attract a man's man. Carries himself well. Dressed really nice. Drives a nice car. He goes out. He's you know well-liked by everyone basically considered popular and I think in her mind that's what she was really looking for just to kind of have that and to now be in a position where she's hanging out with this person more than once a week they're going out to dinners they're talking a lot or she's listening and he's talking about himself 
and she can finally have this opportunity where she's being you know she's able to have sex with a guy that she would not have been able to pick up in a million years in her mind she's attractive enough she would be able to in my mind in my opinion and so gorgeous girl just gorgeous in the face and super sweet super kind loving caring and he acted like it was the most disgusting thing he's ever heard in his entire life to have sex with a girl like her i couldn't believe it i just couldn't believe it so in that instance you know i felt that he was being a bit shallow i felt that he was looking more at her looks and not at what was in her heart and in her mind and who she was as a as an individual and so he's just so used to fucking dumb attractive looking girls who are all about partying and dancing to get attention and doing the most and they're willing to do whatever to get a guy and he's used to that so he just kind of wants to stay in that lane because well he's a fuck boy that's what he's about and he just i think it's more that he felt guilty like he did not want to use and take advantage of a kind girl such as herself but would not actually admit that he's a type of guy that would think that way i i feel but he decided to just focus on the fact that she she just wasn't attractive in the body he doesn't want to be having sex with a girl that's bigger than him kind of thing so i was like wow that's completely shallow but it's it's life with these fuck boys they only want a certain looking type of girl she doesn't have to be smart she doesn't have to really bring anything to the table she just has to look good she has to be able to look good on his arm when they go out in public they should be able to have dumb blonde conversations and um still feel educated and important to each other because they're both dumb you know what i'm saying Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I'm being a little bit too harsh there. But I have met some amazing people with great personalities who do not look the best and would not, and I would not eliminate them based on that because they're kind people. I talk to them every single day and they have so much to share. They have so much to give. And so I don't see their looks. I just see their inner beauty. A personality can be so attractive and make you look past the physical appearance. And in my case, I've seen a lot of that where they're just so beautiful on the inside. Inner beauty matters to some people. You could be beautiful on the outside and rotten on the inside and be completely unattractive. And if you don't believe me, go meet an attractive person who is just disgusting on the inside and tell me if you still find them attractive after after you've learned that fact about them because my friend, my friend. So personally, I have never heard, I've, I've never, not even heard, but I've never had pity fuck or pity sex ever. And I would not consider it in the future. No matter the circumstances, if I am not interested, I am not interested. Point blank. Very simple. I knew a guy I dated in college who came to me a month after his marriage to tell me he was getting married. Keep in mind, I only went on like, what, two dates with him? And after that, I just I just didn't really take him seriously. I didn't take him seriously when I when he first asked me on a date. And I still didn't take him seriously after the second date. I didn't go out of my way to to engage with him as much even after the second date. 
but we remain friends. Every time I see him, I acknowledged him. Um, we spoke a bit. We laughed about a certain things. He would tell me stories um, about his conquests, and I was I was happy for him. But I personally just didn't really want to be with a guy who was who was basically a hoe, sorry, a slut. He was a slut. He was a fuckboy. He was the popular one. He needed to know everyone. He was always up in other people's business. People were always up in his business. He was just known. And at the time in college, I just wanted to focus on my studies. I just wanted to focus on my own life, like taking time out for me. I went to the gym. I went to work. I went to school. And, you know, I hung out with my friends. I wasn't really interested in dressing in the designer clothes on, you know, school salary. It's just, it wasn't me. And he was surrounded by girls wearing the designer clothes that they bought in the mall. They would go shopping in New York City just to look good, to go out to one person's birthday or to go out and hang out in a club. And that's really what their focus was. But my focus was to just get college done, get a job you know, start my life. That was more important to me. And the clubbing can come later. These losers are still going to be in the club years from now. So I'm not really worried about it, (laughs) you know? Um, So he did not realize that I already knew that he was getting married. I actually found out six to eight months prior to him coming to me to, to tell me. I just didn't know when he was getting married. But I played along, so I didn't tell him. Um, he told me the story of how he, uh, how she got him to put a ring on it, and it, it was a funny story. I'm telling you, it took so much for me not to laugh my ass off, or at least laugh in his face. By the end of it, he wanted me to feel sorry for him, or feel a loss now that he's he's being taken off the market. Whoa, whoa! I felt nothing but laughter. I'm telling you. I had to keep stuffing my face with food. I think we went for um, ramen. We went to uh, Chinatown and we had ramen and I just kept drinking and, you know, the soup and eating what was in it and trying so hard. I made eye contact here and there, but I was trying really hard not to laugh in his face at his story. And, um, and uh, it, you know, I, I thank God for, for eating. Because if I wasn't eating, I would have burst out laughing in his face. It took all my strength not to laugh in his face. All of it. Especially in the restaurant. And the restaurant was nice and quiet too. So you know these motherfuckers are sitting there listening to the story. People are so nosy. I told him I was happy for him. And that he finally found the woman he wants to spend the rest of his life with. And that was me being sarcastic. But since we're friends, I'm sure he knew that I was being sarcastic because he could see the laughter in my eyes and my smile on my face and I'm trying to hold it in. So he just kind of looked at me and looked me in the eye and I'm looking at him in the eye and I'm like, don't laugh, don't laugh. I'm like, I really think you found the perfect person for you. You're both on the same page. You both like the same lifestyle. You're both about the exact same thing. I mean, my friend, I am so happy for you. But he wasn't really smiling. It was a fake smile. And he looked at me like, bitch, please. (laughs) I got a look on his face. So I smiled and meant it. That's why I kept repeating it. I was saying it out loud because I really wanted him to know that I was happy for him. But I also knew he was a serial cheater. She forced a serial cheater to to, to be engaged to her, knowing he was a cheater. She knew. 
and she allowed it for years, which means, you know, she co-signed his cheating. If you allow someone after how many years of being in a relationship to keep fucking everything that comes along and you are going along with it and acting like whatever, then yeah, you, you co-signed it. You did. I guess she thought he would take the marriage seriously once they got married, but I knew better. He would never stop. I thought those two were perfect for each other. In that moment, I said, I'm so happy he found someone who's going to accept him for who he is, a serial cheater. And she is going to have to be okay with it because at the end of the day, she she went above and beyond for the ring. She's all about the ring, the status of I'm a married woman, even though my man cannot keep it in the pants and he most likely fucked everybody. So, yeah. He then got upset, not visibly, but I knew him so I could tell. He was upset. He started sharing that all the girls he dated or went into a relationship with in the past and met with to tell them that he was getting married were visibly upset and begging him not to marry her. They proceeded to try to convince him with sex, which he happily took, no judgment. No judgment on my part, of course, because they they really wanted to keep him for themselves. Like Now that it seems like he's willing to, to settle down and get married, they wanted to be that one. And he didn't want to, to get married from, based on what he was telling me and his behavior, it seemed like he just didn't really want to get married. He wanted to continue to be the dog that he is. He wanted to, to keep being a star boy. I was the only one not interested, as he pointed out. He was shocked. He thought his shit didn't stink. All the other women wanted him to be their husband. I have standards for my husband, loyalty being one of them. I turned him down. I was like, I'm, I'm just not interested, but thank you for the offer and held my laugh in till I was alone. I couldn't believe the other women fell for the victim act. They were educated and attractive women. They made good money too. They clearly deserved better, but they could not see it. So, I, I mean, no judgment. I was shocked. I felt bad for them, but still, if they don't see that they deserve better, then that's how it is. So I wouldn't consider what these women did as pity sex because they used sex to try to win him back because that's all he cared about, which says a lot. Why would you want a man that clearly does not love you but would only consider you for sex once in a while? Most likely, y'all would be fucking after he gets married. He will not stop. But the pity fuck story I would like to share is by a church friend or ex-friend. I think he moved. He moved out of Ottawa. He's somewhere. I forgot. He went to another church and I attended another church. I He invited me to visit his church. I don't know why he wanted me to visit his church as much. I guess certain churches like to try to poach people from one church to bring them to another. Um, at the time, I, I didn't see why. I'm Pentecostal through and through, you know, worship, 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 pray, 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 Holy Spirit. Um, and they were uh, a seven-day Adventist church, 
and I was not impressed with that church at all. Like most of the people that I was introduced to or shook hands with were just real sketchy people. Sketchy AF, Pentecostal for life. Let's just say that's what that church did for me. So we became friends because I was introduced to him by a few girls that I met at university who were seven-day Adventists. Uh, I even forgot his name. That's how bad it was. So um, he got my number. Uh, he invited me to church. I went to church. I met some of his friends. I met some of the people that he's surrounded by and was just, like I said, not interested. I, I couldn't. If he if his goal was to bring me to this church to get to, to see the church and want to be a part of the church, then no, they lost me. So um, he got my number, but he was still texting me after I left. And... Um, he was just making certain comments like, you know, your butt looks nice or, you know, you have real big boobs. And I'm like, you're a church dude. Like, what the fuck? Anywho. So he just still just kept texting me and texting me and texting me. And then I think at some point he said something incredibly inappropriate. And I just had to put him in his place because I just didn't have time for this. I was like, buddy, this is not how you go about it. So in to apologize, he invited me out to dinner so that he could apologize to my face. So we went out to dinner and he apologized to me. And as, you know, the dinner was finished and we were going for a walk downtown just talking about life, he then told me the story. And this is his story. And so he then proceeded to explain to me that there's this hot girl in church she's fine as hell and all the guys want to be with her all the guys want to basically what he's saying is they all want to fuck her not even you know marry her and make her a wife or anything like that it's just straight up trying to fuck her that's it that's all and um he wanted to be one of them you know, he wanted to be one of the guys and he wanted to, to have that notch on his belt. But when he was telling the story, he was trying to make it seem like she's just so wonderful. I really want to, you know, be with her. But I understood the underlying meaning of what he was trying to say. So he kept propositioning her. He kept propositioning her not to, to date, but for sex. He just skipped the part where he actually got to know her as a person and went directly to, I just want to fuck. And so she kept rejecting him. She kept rejecting him because she's like, number one, I don't really like your looks. Number two, I still, I don't even like your personality. <laughs> and then she's like, I just, I just don't find you attractive at all to even consider having sex with you. So she kept rejecting him for months and he just kept trying and trying and trying because he really wants to be one of those guys. He wants to be like the guy to get her because none of the other guys could. And, you know, they went out to a party, I guess a club. And finally, you know, she, he was just begging and begging and begging. So she finally got fed up and she was like, fuck, fine. Well, fuck. And um, he was like, yes. And she's like, you know, don't be expecting anything because I really don't want to fuck you. I don't find you attractive. I think you're just nasty. And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to give you the best sex ever because that's what he was bragging about for months. He was like, listen, if you let me fuck you, it's going to be good. I promise you. I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, no, you don't. When a dude says all of that, you can't fuck to save your life. So, you know, she went home. He went to the corner store. He bought himself some some Red Bull. No, I think it was a monster drink. Ugh. He went and bought himself a monster drink and he chugged it and he showed up all excited because he's going to lay it on her. He's going to lay it on her good. And then he got in there and she was like, okay, hurry up. Let's get this over with. 
I mean, if a girl has to say that prior to you even getting to it, buddy, cut your losses and leave. She's been rejecting you for six months. Get it through your head. She does not want you, not even for sex. So she just laid there on the bed. She didn't do shit. And then he gets on top of her. And he's telling me this story as we're walking downtown after dinner. And he gets up on top of her and he gets in there and he starts working. He's like, working it good. He's like, yes, I'm giving her a good time. It's all in his head, of course, all in his head. And he's getting up in there and he's like, woo, you know, I'm doing a good job here. And then 20 minutes later, she's like, are you finished yet? And he's like completely shocked because in his mind, it's going so well. I'm like, she's lying there. She's not giving you any reaction. She's not even moaning. She's just like, oh, when is this going to end? And he's like, what? He's like, well, well, well I'm, I'm not finished yet. You know, I, I want to make sure that you're taken care of and your pleasure. So, you know, we're, we're going to keep going. But he's sweating bullets. He's sweating all over her. And he's telling me this. He's dripping and everything because 20 minutes in, he's like, because <sighs> like, he gave it his all. And she's just like, get off so I can just go take a shower and forget you. And so he's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going because I, I really want you to be satisfied. And she's like, okay, well, just hurry up. And he's like, yeah, okay. So he's doing it again and he's giving her his all and it's everything that he could give her. And then another 20 minute pass at this point is 40 minutes in. And still she was like, are you getting it now? I don't want you. I'm not interested in you. Are you finished? Because then you can go. And then he pulls out and he was like, what the fuck? And he was so shocked. His entire ego got shattered. His pride went to the toilet and flushed. She got up. She went, took a shower. And she's like, you're still here? And he was like, but, but I mean, I did such a good job. Like, how, how did you, weren't you satisfied? And she, she looks at him like, if someone says they're not interested in you, they don't want to fuck you, get it through your head. I'm glad you got the pity fuck, though. Now you can go off and go, I finally got a pity fuck. And when he was telling me this story, I died laughing downtown, burst out laughing, fell on the floor. My stomach hurt so bad. I couldn't believe it. I was like, how did you not understand that what you were receiving was a pity fuck? It was for you to just finally just get lost because she didn't want you and you've been badgering her for six months. That is a pity fuck. That right there is a pity fuck. Pity sex written all over it. So he was destroyed. His confidence ruined and he brought it all on himself all on himself. So that's the story I wanted to share about pity fuck, pity sex. So as I was thinking of this podcast episode, I thought I haven't heard men pity fucking women, but men would brag about getting pity fucked by women as this guy was, but his story did not end well. And he just looked so depressed. He looked like he needed me to pick him up and make him feel better. And I was like, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm going to go home. Woo! I, had, I went home laughing my ass off. That, that is how good it was. Best story I've ever heard in my entire life. I, I wish I knew this girl so I can look at her and go props. <laughs> Because he wasn't getting it. He wasn't getting it. I thought, why is that? Why is it that the men 
have more standards than women when it comes to pity fuck. Because keep in mind, he was not pity fucking her. She was pity fucking him. And women feel more guilty or pity for others, more empathy and sympathy for others. So it supports the narrative that we as women are emotional. Why is it that men seem to have more self-worth, more standards than women? And I, I just, I didn't understand because I hear a lot of stories of men getting pity fucked, but I, I have not heard a story where a woman needed to be pity fucked and a guy actually did it. And you know, I really need to stop saying pity fuck. I need to just say pity sex. It's politically correct. What is self-worth? It is another term for self-esteem. It is the internal sense of being good enough and worthy of love or belonging for for others. Self-worth is often confused with self-esteem, which relies on the external factors such as success and achievement to define worth and can often be inconsistent, leading to someone struggling with self-worth or feeling self-worth. I am sure people who have pity sex aren't thinking of self-worth. When they are doing it, they are thinking, I am helping this person. In the story that I just shared, she wasn't really helping him, but hey. (laughs) Um, I asked the guys I knew if they would sleep with a girl who was begging for sex, as this guy was, because she feels she will never find love or just wanted that connection for one night. In his case, it wasn't that, you know, he didn't feel that he would never find love or or anything like that. He just wanted a notch on his belt to say, look, I'm not that attractive or that great, but I got this hot girl, a girl that all the guys in my church want to bang, and I got to bang her. Ha, ha, ha. That's what he wanted. It was for his ego. Two of the guys said they would if they were friends with the girls. So clearly they have requirements. I asked, how sure are you that she will not come back for more and start behaving as if you could be the one? They said they would shut that down and explain it's a one-time thing and that there are no feelings here especially from his end. And I thought that can't, I, th- I felt, even though thinking about it, I, I thought this kind of cancels out the good deed that you thought you were doing by sleeping with her, by having pity sex with her. Because she feels that she found someone who makes her feel wanted. And now you are bringing back or bringing her back to where she was before feeling that she is unwanted and unloved. So it's, it defeats the purpose of why you're doing it in the first place. You're not cause, you're, you're, at this point, you're causing more harm than good. So why do it in the first place? Unless you've always wanted to sleep with her. And that is why you decided to do this for her. But really, it was for you. You get to have sex with the girl or pity sex with the girl that... You don't really want to commit to, um, but you always wanted to see how it was or it would be if that was to happen, right? In my opinion, you can't 
have sex with your friend. Go back to being friends after the deed is done. It doesn't work like that. Once you have slept with a friend, there is no going back. The relationship has changed for good. There is no unremembering what happened. Memories live longer than people. One of the guys I asked had the right answer, in my opinion. He is 21 years old, and he explained that if a girl is coming to him and is asking him to have pity sex with her because she is feeling lonely or feeling she can't find love or feeling that she'll never amount to that happy life that she wants from a man and she just needs that comfort through sex, he said he wouldn't do it. He said, number one, that that shows a deep-rooted issue that's wrong with this person and he does not want that in his life. And when he said it, he, he just looked completely disgusted by the thought of having pity sex with a girl who feels that low self-worth about herself to put herself in a position where she is begging begging a man to have sex with her because she has nothing to lose and she's just at rock bottom he thought that's that's a whole red flag walking up to him and he just wouldn't do it and he's 21 years old with that level of standard and that level of self-esteem i found men over 30 considered it in extreme circumstances but under 30 they are disgusted by the thought i think i've only met one guy that's under 20 21 or sorry not 20 under 30 that would actually you know not actually no he when i asked him he said he was under 20 20 30 years old and he said he would not pity fuck a girl but he did not mind girls pity fucking him <laughs> um depending on the circumstances. So the point that I'm trying to make is over 30, they seem to to give it a, a chance. They might consider it, but under 30, they just would not at all. They stay firm on their decision. They would even cut the girl off if it ever came to that. All of this depends on how they were raised, I feel. I feel that it was based on how they were raised. Loose morals would do it, but if you have a high standard of morals, they wouldn't. They would not get themselves caught up in that kind of baggage, dealing with those types of demons and surrounding themselves with that kind of drama and toxicity because you don't know what you're getting with people who are at rock bottom in that state of mind. So the reason why I focus this podcast episode on men is due to the fact that not a lot of women want to be pity fucked. They're not interested in pity sex. Men would take it gladly, as I mentioned before, that person that was under, the guy that was under 30 years old, he would consider it. Um, And, you know, I don't know very many women that would want to have pity sex for their own benefit. They aren't, I find men are just not emotional about it. It's whatever. If a girl wants to give him pity sex, he'll take it, you know, and move on with his life. But it's the opposite for women. Pride is involved when it comes to women, but for men, they take it. No big deal. They're satisfied and they got their release. But then there are certain men out there who just, they're not interested in in having pity sex, even for themselves or for the other person. They would rather just move on and find someone that they actually like and the person likes them back and it's a mutual thing and it's not a, it's not a let's, 
let's just make you feel better or please can you make me feel better oh i got rejected oh i got dumped oh no one loves me oh feel sorry for me pity me please and give me some some pussy right it's it's not it's not like that for a lot of guys out there it's really not like that at all so that's kind of the reasons why you know i really wanted to have this podcast episode because i was thinking about it i don't know very many women that would want pity sex but i do know some men who have received it and they are completely happy with it they're like yes bless you know dancing it up pate i got some and they moved on with their lives they just moved on with their lives like it was nothing nothing whatsoever so that concludes this podcast episode i hope you enjoyed it i hope you also found it entertaining i hope you laughed a little and if you didn't laugh a little little you know don't take it too personal the episode is called pity x for a reason it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be grand or you know glorious (laughs) (laughs) even though it really wasn't. It was just a conversation I wanted to have with the audience about pity X, pity sex, pity fuck, pity everything. But yes, thank you for supporting the Orchid Blooms podcast. Visit our website at taonetwork.ca and our social media pages, which are Facebook at the Ambitious Obsession Network, Instagram at the Ambitious Net, Twitter at the Ambitious Ops. My personal Instagram page is at Orchid Eye Brown. Don't forget to click the follow button or subscribe. And don't forget to share your favorite episodes with your family and your friends. And I hope you have a splendid day. Mm-hmm.